Welcome to Seek Reality with your host, Roberta Grimes. Author and attorney, Roberta Grimes, will explore and illustrate how she, after an extraordinary experience of light in childhood, has discovered channels of communication to the afterlife and how these implications have an effect on our everyday lives. Please welcome the host of Seek Reality, Roberta Grimes. Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. One of the two most important lessons that Jesus taught was to forgive. When his disciple Peter asked him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I have to forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said, I don't say up to seven times, but up to 70 times, seven times. That's Matthew 18, 21 to 23. The word seven in biblical times meant a whole, whole lot. So, In other words, we must forgive every single time. And that's something that a lot of us have a lot of trouble dealing with, even thinking about. It really means no matter how many times somebody does the same stupid, rotten, nasty time to you, you've got to forgive every single time. A Course in Miracles, which, of course, Jesus channeled, says, of course, the miracle there is forgiveness. And Jesus tells us that the miracles come in just one size. So again, no matter what somebody does to us, no matter how big it is, we're always supposed to forgive. Forgiveness goes hand in hand with loving as well. So again, universal forgiveness, that's what we're here to learn. And Jesus's method of automatic prevenient forgiveness, which means we forgive ahead of time, really does work very well, but our guest today teaches another approach to forgiveness, and that might work even better for you. Our wonderful guest today, who is with us for the third time, is Brenda Rice. Brenda is dedicated to helping people overcome obstacles that hold them back from living life to its fullest by guiding them through a special forgiveness process. She says that self-forgiveness helped her to transition out of victimhood and into the life that she was meant to live. Brenda has experienced obstacles firsthand that many of us never even have to experience. Toxic relationships, eating disorders, and anxiety, which can consume everyday life. And problems like that are often allowed to control people's lives. You'll look at Brenda, who is gorgeous, and you'll think she's never had to go through anything. But yeah, she has. And she's developed a very successful forgiveness coaching practice as a result. She's also written in this, I love, a great little book. It's called Forgive Yourself. It's short. It's easy to understand. And I think everybody ought to read that book. My dear, wonderful friends, I'm going to give you two key points. Please never forget these. These points explain why I think what Brenda teaches is so very important. And the first is really, and be never forget this. The people who wrong us so terribly do not care, and they could not care less whether we ever forgive them. They don't care. Forgiveness of others is always the gift that we give to ourselves. And it's the greatest gift that we can ever give to ourselves. No matter how hard it may be, it's for us that we forgive them. 
The second thing I want you never to forget is that people don't even realize that the core problems at the center of our lives have to do with things for which we're blaming ourselves and we may never even realize that. So self-forgiveness may in your own case be something that you especially need to learn. And that's why I'm hoping that Brenda will talk more about that today. My dear Brenda, welcome. I'm so glad to have you back. I am so happy to be with you, Roberta. This is just such a joy for me. I love our conversations. (laughs) Well, I love them too. So we're (laughs) going to get right to it. Great. As I said to you just before we started, I hope today we can really focus on self-forgiveness because as I was thinking about talking with you today, I really think that's what we have to talk about. Most people don't even realize how important that is. Well, they don't realize because, you know, a lot of the hurt um, we feel is outside of ourselves, right? It's someone else. It's a causing of that person hurt me. Yes. Right. And and so that's that's the hard part because now I have no control. Talk about, explain that process. Well, so when I, what I learned, like in the forgiveness work, a lot of my suffering came from me blaming someone else for, yes. And, and I'm going to say that people have hurt us, right? We have gone through some horrendous things. A lot of people have. And as long as I keep continuing to blame them, you can see me pushing outward, right? I'm pointing out all of my energy is going towards that other person. That doesn't leave me any energy for myself because they're now in control of my choices, my decisions. They're taking up space in my mind rent free. Mm-hmm. And I can't be present I'm not able to be creative. I can't manifest. I can't do anything because when I learned this point with my ex-husband, especially when I kept blaming him, I had no control. And who, who can control other people? (laughs) Right. We somehow think that we can, that if I continue to blame them, they will never be able to hurt me again. Yeah. That right, but it's a pseudo, it's kind of this fake like wall we put up, but that's not true, is it? Because what happens then is then in my world is because then if I am not looking at my part in it, then I'm going to continue to have these experiences because I have no energy. I'm not taking any responsibility for myself and my reactions and choices. That's a harsh one, I know. Because when we have been hurt deeply or had horrendous acts against us, we're thinking, I know they're all thinking, Brenda, you are just crazy. It is not my fault. And and it's like, no, the act itself may not be, right? That's not. But what I do with it after that, it sure is. It is. And you have to you have to clean up the mess. The mess is yours nonetheless. Well, it is, and who do I have control over? This is the beauty. This is the part that I, it took me a while, right, to get. But it was like, wait a second. If I learn to not blame him or them or whatever's going on, the world, if I, if I quit putting my energy out there, what's going on in here? If I can bring it back, then now I have control. I can choose how I want to react or respond, which is important to distinctions, react, respond. I can also learn to be aware of what's mine and what's not mine. Then 
I can take that responsibility for my part because I'm not responsible for them. And I spent a lot of time growing up codependently (laughs) thinking that I was responsible for everybody else's actions. And so it's like, wait a second, if I do all these things, then maybe all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. Because now I'm forgiving myself or I'm learning to forgive myself for playing a part or reacting or responding, now I can see it a little more clearly. Does that does that resonate or make sense? I think the more you can see your own part in it too, because often in, especially in marriages or any kind of close relationship, it takes two to make the mess. It, it It's not just him or not just her. It takes two. It does. It, it really, and it, this is in business relationships, friendships, okay. oh, anything, yes. right? Everything. Yes. And, you know, I, I use my ex as a good example because he was really the biggest teacher, right? That I, that I had. And that's the way I chose to look at it because I felt hurt. I was wounded, you know, and then as I started the forgiveness process, it was learning. Oh, wait a second. Now in my world, as we've talked about before, um, I love that life is a mirror, right? Mm -hmm. Everything outside of me is kind of manifested from what's going on inside of me. Yes. Yes. And so when I looked at that, wait, when I'm blaming someone, I am, if I'm pointing the finger, I've got the three fingers coming back to me as we all heard. What if I can be willing to be willing to look at it that way? And that's a big key word in forgiveness, willing. I'm not asking you to switch your mind shift set, but it's good if we can, because forgiveness is so important. But what if I can just be willing to be willing to go, what is my part in that? And that's, I think that's crucial. It really is crucial. It is. And when we do the mirror thing, that's when I talk about all forgiveness is self forgiveness, because if we choose to look at it, this is what just shifted my worldview. And that was a fact of if I look at all relationships as mirrors, then it truly isn't really all about them. They have their own stuff, right? That doesn't mean they're a nice person. And I am not condoning, again, like you said, I'm not condoning bad behavior. I am not going to stay in relationship with somebody who's abusive. But what I can do is I can look at these actions, behaviors, expectations, which cause our suffering, right? I can look at this. What do I expect of that person? And I can look back and go, oh, where am I not doing that for myself? One thing that I noticed when I started to really try to live the teachings of Jesus, and I was working on that really hard. I didn't have, for the first 20 some years of my marriage, I didn't have a very good marriage. Mm -hmm. But then when I started living the teachings of Jesus, I noticed that my husband became such a nice person. And and I said to him one day, I said, I, you really are such a, you, you become such a nice person. You must really be working hard on yourself. And he looked at me funny and he said, no, but you've become a whole lot nicer. And, and <laughs> he thought he hadn't changed at all. I was the one who had changed. And we hadn't been doing counseling. We hadn't been doing anything. But but I was the only one who had changed. But it made the whole relationship work better. Absolutely. And that's shifting our perspective, 
right? Which changes our energy, right? It changes, it shifts. When we said, that's what I love about doing this work. When we do that, when you start living those teachings like you did, or if we intentionally, like I call it, when we go into intentional forgiveness, when we do this, it's so funny. I call them their miracles. These little miracles happen because you see these relationships shift and they haven't done anything different. Right. I know. All along, I was the one who was. Well, it was, and it's our. It's like it's our wound. Yes, it's It's really amazing. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I love that story. I know. I had the same experience with my ex, even though we had a lot of things go on in that relationship. After I was able, when I started doing the work, it's like, oh yeah, (laughs) oh he's the same. He's actually just the same. I'm the one. But isn't that beautiful? But I think it really is true that a lot of the work we need to do is really on ourselves. And I I, I just never realized that. No. And, you know, I've I've been talking a lot about um, guilt lately. Um, And how really understanding because this is part of self-forgiveness is where are you feeling guilty in your life what Mm -hmm. relationship you know where do you find and some of the guilt is healthy and some is unhealthy and it's really important to know the distinct the difference because a lot of us are programmed i'm gonna call it programmed from society family ourselves Religiously, we're all programmed somehow for guilt. And a lot of us women take on that guilt of others. We take proportionately, totally disproportionately. Thank you. Thank you. We do disproportionately. And, and it's like, oh, and so when I was talking, um, with a group of women about the guilt, it was really interesting to find how much healthy guilt that, you know, there's only a little healthy guilt is about a moral compass, right? What's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Really? That's what it is. Like if I have made a mistake, I get to have healthy guilt. So if I, but if I've done something unintentionally to hurt someone, right? If I didn't do it intentionally, that that's, I can have healthy guilt, but if I didn't do anything wrong, right? Then I need I need to really separate that because I'm really breaking my body down. Whereas if we have healthy guilt, then it moves through us. And then we're able to move forward. Like you were talking about, once we realize, oh, huh, that was me. Okay. <laughs> you know, then it's like, oh, then I can do something with it. Yes. I think especially it's true with our children in, 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 in the kind of society we have now. We do our very best with our children, but you know, they don't give you a learner batch that you can then throw away at. Cause I could raise children like nobody's business now. I've made all the mistakes, right? <laughs> but, but they make you keep the learner batch and you've done the best you can, but yes. you've made mistakes because you didn't know how to do it right the first time. And so we have to give ourselves permission to do the best we can, love them the best we can, but accept the fact that we all make mistakes and, and just, just do the very best we can and not blame ourselves if the children don't turn out 
to all be perfect. Right. Oh, my God, that's so good. Because that parental guilt is one of the unhealthy guilts. And it's all on the mom, too. I mean, dads make mistakes, and uh, they're not expected to be as perfect as the mom is supposed to be. Right. Well, yeah. And that I was having a conversation about that just this morning about parental guilt and how it is hard as moms. And we take that on like it's our responsibility to. And it is, you know, we have a responsibility as a parent to raise good human beings. However, we they are their own individual. It's kind of like I was told once that, Brenda, your daughter has a God and you're not it. (laughs) She said, God doesn't have stepchildren. Yeah. I mean, it was so, it was like, it was like poof in my face. And it helped me to go, oh, she has her own lessons to learn. I can only take her so far. I can apologize. I can say I'm sorry for the things that I did intentionally. Like if I yelled or if I, if I didn't, you know, handle myself appropriately, I can apologize. But do I have the right? Is it healthy for me to carry this unhealthy guilt? of making mistakes when I didn't know any better? Is it healthy? No, there's a heavy cost to that. Meaning I can't show up as me. I can't show up anywhere. I can't even show up for my child in a healthy way. And you know, that's what I love um, hearing about making living amends. As parents, we can do that if we've intentionally done something wrong. But if we've unintentionally done something We get to love ourselves first. That's the self-forgiveness, self-acceptance. We get to love ourselves first. Compassion, kindness, and go, oh, how, how could I have known better? And then reach out to the child, whether they're adult or small, and say, I'm so sorry I acted that way. Will you forgive me? And then now this is what we're going to do and always have a plan moving forward. Sometimes it can help families to have a safe space in in which they allow one another to, to talk frankly without blaming one another. Yeah. This is how I feel. Not the word you never comes up. Mm -hmm. And that way, I mean, they can't blame one another, but they they get to say, this is how I feel. And then mom says, this is how I feel. And then they say, I forgive you. And I forgive you. And then they hug. Because that way, they can, they can get it off their chest without blame. And if they can learn to do that in a safe space, sometimes it takes a counselor's or a lawyer's office, you know, some neutral place where they and that's the only place they get to say these things. Sometimes that helps. It does. Well, it does help. And and I'm going to say, do, do, do you find so what I find with clients is that they're not able to get to that space until they're aware of their own triggers and wounds. Do you find that too? Yeah, but, but they have to allow the for the fact a first that they need to do this. They each have to feel the need to do it. Right. And then they have to allow for the fact that the other person also needs to do it. And and love has to be at the base of it. I want mom to feel better. I want to feel better. I love mom. I love myself. And we're going to try this. It has to be a, a trial thing. But if everybody 
it is open enough to it, it yeah. helps a lot. It helps a lot. It clears the air so much. Well, it to be able to yeah. do this. It does, and and I feel that to, in order to do that, that that each individual needs to know who they are themselves before they can get. Now we can get to that point. We can say, I'm sorry, but we have to be careful. This is what I've learned is really being careful and not apologizing when we don't mean it. Because neuros sincere, it does, but it has to, you don't have to say you're sorry in these. This is how I feel meetings. Mm -hmm. It's not about so much about being sorry. It's about, I feel wounded or I feel hurt. Yes. This is how I feel. Right. And then mom can say, this is how I feel. I was, I felt hurt. It can be a trivial, you'd be surprised in these meetings how trivial the hurts are and how far back they go. I felt hurt when I made you that dress to go to the eighth grade party and then you went out and bought a dress. I thought the dress I made was beautiful. I mean, so, mm-hmm. well, I didn't know you felt that way. Right. But now that hurt goes away and mm-hmm. mom feels so much better. And I, we're, I mean, we're going way back sometimes with these hurts that people have been holding for so long. It, yes. it makes people feel whole again. It does. I mean, sometimes it creeps me out about how people feel. But that's their, that's their feeling. I, I, you know, I'm very neutral. Well, yeah. And, and the, the, and the great thing about what you just said was it's their feeling. That's right. We can't, we can't make it. We can't make it right or wrong. And they have their feeling for a reason. Yeah. And what you're talking about is a beautiful coming together of, of really hearing, like, you know, the things we need as humans, right? To be heard, to be understood. And, and it's really important. It's like, oh, and I think that that can happen a lot. Um, and I do, I do agree with you that sometimes we need a mediator for some of the deeper ones because some of the parent child wounds run deep. And, yeah. And, you know, and a lot of, a lot of them carry it through life and without addressing it. And so, you know, I, I talked with one woman, um, who one of my clients dying of cancer and she's like, Brenda, I just really feel the need. I just really want to forgive. I, I want to feel better going into this next phase of my life. Right. I'm going to move on and, and I want to feel better, but I'm holding these grudges against my parents. Yeah. And she said, I know it interfered in my relationships. I know, I know that it did. I know it interfered. So I want to really work on this. And as we worked on the parents and the, the hurt that went way, it went back 60 years that she carried this and her parents were gone. You know, they had died. And so she wasn't able to do face to face, but being able to write a letter, being able to read that in front of a writing trusted good. writing yeah. letters, being able to, she read it to me and I'm a witness to this story. Having our stories witnessed and validated are so important yes. to be heard. And she was able to move forward without pain. And, and she's like, and she came afterwards. Uh, I got to have her in a dream where she was happy. Yeah. She came to, it was so 
This was after oh, she had died. After she had died. Yeah. And she came to me in a dream and she was smiling and she was just so happy. And it Isn't was just this beautiful. Dream. Oh. I was so happy for her because we can. And this is the important part, too, for self-forgiveness, is the person doesn't have to still be alive. We can do our work. Because remember, if all forgiveness is self-forgiveness, uh, I don't need that person there. And like you said in the beginning, one of the one important things that you want everybody to remember, it is for us. Always. Always. Yeah. yeah. And I think most of us have a story, if we've lived around a long time, <laughs> of of our parents, you know, and of the different things that we that that we hold. That's most of my clients, you know, is that. So learning, like you said, to be able to have this communication earlier on for these little hurts, then maybe they won't grow into the big ones. And it's, it's especially important too, even if your parents have gone, um, understand. And I'll tell my story about my father. Yeah. Um, after your parents have died and their parents almost always go ahead of us, well ahead of us, they go through a life review. My particular story about my father is when he went through his life review, he had a lot of trouble because he got to see that he was a, he was an alcoholic and he didn't quit till I was 11. And his having been drunk every weekend of my childhood severely damaged my childhood and my sister's childhood. And he got to see that when he went through his life review. Yeah. And that was something he couldn't forgive himself for. And so for 20 years after his death, um, and especially when I was reviewing, I was testing mediums <laughs> for a long time when I was, you know, getting, doing my, my work as a, uh, a, a uh, you know, doing, doing investigation of the afterlife. I was much so, such a cynic. It was hard for me to believe in the afterlife for a long time. But now, of course, I know the afterlife is real. And he would often appear when I was testing mediums, but he would never speak. For 20 years, he would never speak, but he was clearly described by all these mediums. And one day, my daughter, after 20 years of this, my daughter went to a medium. And my father appeared in that reading, and he spoke finally. And he said to my daughter, will you please tell your mother and her sister that I'm sorry for having messed up their childhood. Now, what a pathetic thing that is that 20 years after he died, he was still grieving the fact that his alcoholism had so damaged his children's childhood. Yeah. If you have something that you think may have been hard for your parents to forgive themselves for, please try to speak to them. You don't have to use a medium to do this. Tell your parents aloud that you forgive them. Please tell your parents aloud that you don't put your father, don't put your mother through what my father went through. And I was ignorant enough to allow that to happen to my father. Please don't allow that to happen to your parents. Just say, I forgive you. Because of course we forgave him. It was it was part of our life plan, probably. Probably. 
to to grow beyond that mm-hmm. in our lives, and we did. And he was he grieved it long after we had forgiven him. The poor man. Yes, but but this is this is. It was so unnecessary for him to go have to go through that after his death. And he did quit cold turkey finally when I was eleven. He did. He just plain put it away and he stopped drinking. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. It's it's so important. And I think especially now with everything going on in the world, um, that forgiveness be seen as really vital. Really vital, like that, so that we don't have the pain and the suffering. Because pain and suffering, just like happiness and joy, can feed on itself, right? Pain and suffering feeds. Happiness and joy also. Absolutely right. What a what a profound thing to say. That's so true. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. And and these little things. I had one one client. She's she was came to me about her relationship with her mother, who was still alive. And she's like, Brenda, you know, my mom is carrying a grudge for her sister for forty years. Oh Lord. And she said to her, as she was doing this forgiveness work herself, she's like, mom, you know, why, what, what happened? And the mom goes, I can't remember, but she's the one that's going to have to apologize. Yeah, I can't remember, but she's the one that has to apologize. For what? Nobody knows. Nobody knows, but she was holding on to this righteousness. And this is the one thing that really blocks our ability to forgive and our ability to love ourselves. Because when I'm holding a resentment, that is really important. It's like a boulder, Roberta. It is a boulder that what I, what I heard it referred to in time, it's, it's like a boulder that blocks the light of kindness. Yes. From me reaching oh, you, from me reaching life, from me being able to be out in the world. This woman lived bitterly. It affected her daughter's relationship, right? Cause that's what the daughter says. She's like, she's mean. And, and then she finally realized it was because of whatever this altercation was. And her mom refuses to today to talk to the aunt. And it eats away at you inside when you're right. like, that. yes. And it's that's like what internal acid. It's internal acid. It causes, I mean, you know, we know the studies, right? That it should, it, it, unforgiveness causes cardiovascular problems. It causes um, low immune. It causes low self-esteem. It causes depression and anxiety. I mean, they have proven this. And so more people have ailments that maybe they don't need to have. If they could just go, maybe. I can apologize or Samsa or or at least accept my part in this. All right, Brenda. Okay. If people are seeing themselves or people they love in our conversation at all. What should they do? Yes. So the first thing to do is what we want to do is acknowledge that we're hurt. Acknowledge what's going on. And the second, because the first thing that we want to do is bring awareness to this, not just like, well, they're wrong. 
Not just right. that. They're never the one. No, they're never the one. It. So, so the first thing that I always teach is bringing it back and going, wait a minute. It takes two. It just does. Okay. Now I may, like I said, I mean, you know, the person can think about, I may not have, if something was done to a horrendous act was done to them, like when we're abused, right? So I'm not responsible for that piece. No. But I am responsible for how I am responding about that moving forward in my life. If I continue to give this other person all of my energy, where all does that, that power over you? All that power over me, because how we do anything is how we do everything. It's affecting. Okay. Another great, great saying. Okay. You it's all this great saying. Thank you. It's, uh, it's been so helpful for me, right? And it's like, okay. Now, what do I do with this? Okay. If it's not safe or healthy for me to talk to this other person, right, at all to say, I feel hurt or I feel this or that, then that's where we can sit down and write that letter. Okay. Because people misunderstand how important, and you know this, how valuable it is to get the energy out of our body and writing it gets every sense involved. Okay. Write the letter. The other thing that I want to say, if we're just, if we're holding a grudge against somebody or a grievance or resentment, if we're angry at the other person, the cool thing to do is to write down the things that bother you about them. Say, I say 10 things. So if you're upset with someone else, you would like Roberta, let's say you were upset with your husband. So you would go, okay. Ah, uh, this is what I don't like about him. He's not being very kind and he's not listening to me and he's not doing the dishes or whatever this is. You know, he's not <laughs> kind. He's un he's not loving me the way I want to be loved, right? We're making this up. And so then what we do is we take those 10 things and we go, hmm, where am I doing that to myself? Or where am I doing those things to other people? So I'm taking 10 things that I don't like about this person I'm angry with, and I'm turning it back around for self-forgiveness, self-acceptance. And I'm going, oh, where am I not loving myself? Where am I being unkind to me? And where am I being unkind to other people? This is a beautiful exercise for people that are holding grievances or grudges or resentment, because then it brings it back. We bring back the energy to us and go, oh, if I'm willing, just willing to be willing to take responsibility for my part, then I can heal my wound. Like you did when you started doing the teachings, you were healing your wound. So then all of a sudden you're going, wow, he's acting so different. <laughs> and then it's like, no, it's yeah. me. I'm the one. That is shifting my perception about my story and my wound and my trigger. This is how we start to heal. Right. And it is amazing. It's one of the exercises that is mind blowing for my clients is, oh, wait, now, now it can take a little while, right? To be able to accept that about ourselves. And that's where we bring in the energy of what I call compassion, the energy of kindness, the energy, just like we would treat a friend who's going through a rough time. Let's really practice that for ourselves. Yeah, we have to, we have to, because if we look at it this way, if life is a mirror, if relationships are mirrors, then I have to say, 
that everything out in the world is a mirror too. So if there's a lot of chaos and conflict outside, how many of us are feeling chaos and conflict inside ourselves? So maybe just maybe I am important. Maybe one person can make a difference when we start to look inside ourselves and start to heal the wound so that we can show up and shine our light out into the world because we have the ability to affect a lot of people around us with our energy like you witnessed with your husband. And I witnessed with my ex-husband and and what I witness even today with people. When I start to own, take responsibility, become aware, take responsibility, that brings choice. I can choose if how I want to move forward and love myself. And self-love is the central love. If you don't love yourself, you really can't love other people. You are so true. It's it, that that and and I so get that more and more. Like at first, I'm like, oh no no, I love this person. And the more work I started doing, I started going, oh no no no. That was almost obligatory love. It was almost like a forced love. It was almost like, you know, it was a caring. But is it a true love? When I started to clean out myself, yes, and being able to see and take responsibility for my choices and actions, then I started to be able to love more fully. Oh, yes. And completely. Oh, yes. Because because you start seeing how much more wonderful other people are because you're more wonderful. Yeah. You start to see the glory of who you are, and then you start seeing the glory in everybody else. Well, and then, I'm, then I know that I'm worthy. Yes. I know I'm worthy of being loved. And yes. I know that I matter. These are all these beliefs that we carry around. And it's like, you know, do we want to carry those anymore? No. Yeah. No, it, it truly does make everybody else so worthy of love. You, you, that's, that's the beauty of this whole process that you teach. Yeah. It's, it's, and really the process that Jesus taught. Yes, absolutely. Jesus taught how glorious each person is. Yes. And that's the problem, frankly, of the religion. It teaches that people are evil. It teaches that people are sinful. Are wor- yeah. It teaches that if, if Jesus didn't come to die on the cross, you know, we're all going to hell. But no, Jesus taught you're glorious. Yes. You're beautiful. You're perfect and wonderful. And yes. this this forgiveness process teaches that too. That's and it, that's what Jesus taught. And the more you learn that, you know, you just look at every person on the street and you see them crowned in glory. It's just mm. the best. It is the best. You know, and I didn't see that myself until I saw it in me, until I saw the spark. This little light of mine, right? This yes. little light. This big light of mine. This big yes. light of mine. You know, when I started to see that, then I started to look at everybody differently and I could see their light. Yes. Yes. That's, and, what, now, that's I what I love about this. It's so wonderful. I know. And, you know, we cannot like their behaviors, right? Their behaviors can, can be off sometimes, right? We want to look at that. But that's but you not want to help person. them with that. You know? Right. But it's, that's it's sort of trainable. Like them a bath. Yes. You want to bathe them in light, yes. and then they're perfect. 
Yes. Beautiful. (laughs) Oh, you are so delightful. I, I, you are so delightful. (laughs) But, but, but don't you feel that way? Isn't that how you feel with what you do? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and really bringing it back to that's how we make a difference. That's how each one of us matters. We matter because we were born. We're worthy because we were born. And we matter and we make a difference by being willing to do our own work, shine our light, and be able to see that light in other people. That's how we're going to create that peace and that love in in the world. I mean, it's. I think it's attainable. It is attainable because if each of us does this, each one teach one. Yes. Pretty soon the whole world is going to be light. That's yes. the way it's going to be. It is. And it starts now. Yes. My dear, I'm so sorry that we've come to the end of our time. <laughs> All right, tell everybody your website. So my website is Brenda Reese, R-E-I-S is in Sam, S is in Sam, two S's, coaching.com. And there you can find my podcast and you can find my group coaching that I do. You can find how to work with me. And all sorts of information. I have I have a lot of blogs on there. So, yeah, that's a good place to start. Oh, I think what you do is just wonderful. Thank you. And as I say, my dears, we have come to the end of our time. Thank you so much. But you're going to come back for sure. We're going to do this regularly because it always makes me so good. Feels so good to talk to you. Me too. So, everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm very glad you could be with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never begin, you never will end. And when you get that to the core of your being, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, we're going to be talking with Michelle Van de Pas, whose book is called Purpose Alignment. One of the things many people are trying to do now, and I know this because I hear from some of them, is to find the true purpose of their own lives. Michelle's book and her work are about helping people to do just that. And she calls it finding your spark. She may be able to help you find yours. So please be sure to join us next week. And this week, we've been talking with Brenda Reese, who is fast becoming our Seek Reality Forgiveness Guru. And you can see why. She's dedicated to helping people overcome obstacles that hold them back from living life to its fullest by guiding them through a special five-step forgiveness process. And that especially includes self-forgiveness. I think her book, which is called, I can't remember, Forgive Yourself, that's what it's called. I think her book is terrific. It's really short, it's easy to read, and it's a good companion to the fact that Jesus taught different taught forgiveness in such a big way that everybody said, oh, darn it, do we really have to do this? He said, yeah, you really have to do this. So um, I think we need a forgiveness guru here, and I think she teaches it better than anybody other than Jesus ever has taught it. Now, of course, it's time once again to mention that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Just go to seekreality.com and start to learn for yourself that your own reality is eternal. Learn the ultimate truth from our dear friend Craig Hogan, who is your worldwide expert on all things afterlife. And teachingsbyjesus.com, here's a single resource for all the afterlife divine truths that are brought to us by your, the greatest teacher of all, Master Jesus. And now it really is Jesus' turn. 
The Christian religion, never forget, was created by the Roman Emperor Constantine and not by Jesus. He used some of Jesus' teachings, but he picked and chose the ones that were he could make fear-based. And unfortunately, uh, they the religion is fear-based, and therefore it doesn't really teach what Jesus taught. We have pulled together at Jesus' request and put on teachingsbyjesus.com what Jesus actually taught. And I'm starting to hear from people who have been to the to the website um, and have been reading the website, and they like it. But Jesus has asked us now to put a course there so that people can actively learn what he taught. And he has picked, I have to say, the most fragile vessel of all to do his teaching. I don't know why, but he asked me to do it. So I'm trying to learn how to do it. And there will be, early next year, there will be a course there that you can take. I'm doing my best. Um, but anyway, we are trying to give Jesus whatever he wants, and he's telling us what he wants. Also, as you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. And for young kids, there's The Fun of Meeting Jesus, which is a beautiful picture book. You can order all these books on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, and most of the adult books except the last are also audiobooks. If you want to talk with me about anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. Just if you want a response, please, please give me your correct email address. Someone sent me a very uh, anguished email recently and didn't give me the correct response. I've been trying to reach him, but I can't make what he sent me do not bounce. So therefore, um, every email I've written to him bounces. So if he will please send me an email, send me his correct email address, I will respond to his email. All of the more than 500 past episodes of Seek Reality are available wherever audio podcasts can be found, and you can listen to new audio episodes each week with the Seek Reality app you can find for free wherever there are free apps. And you also can see new video episodes each week on Roku or Fire Stick. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being, you, most of all, in this entire universe. You are infinitely, and by God, most of all, you are eternally and forever perfectly loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of DreamVision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to DreamVision7Radio.com. 
This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. <laughs> 